0: The biggest quality for me in leaders is someone that's genuine. And how do you believe someone that's not genuine?
1: Welcome to Season 2 of Voices of Value, a conversation between Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton, and their high achieving guests from professional sport, Olympians, business leaders, and ordinary people with value hacks to share through simple life lessons. If you're keen to reach your next level personally and professionally, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Rick and Peter. Voices of Value. It's Rick Rushton here with my good friend
2: Peter Kakos in our last of our series of empowering and inspiring women for the month of February as we head into March of 2020. Pete, we have some amazing
3: guests available with our audience today. Absolutely. And I think this week, um, what we wanted to do and what we've spoken about is the power of a mentor and also the mentoree and the roles that each play and so forth. And you know, when we when we spoke about this a, a few weeks ago, I thought, well, gee, I know two people I think would be absolutely sensational to come onto the show and uh, onto Voices of Value and share their value in terms of what they've experienced through some quite illustrious careers. And, and when diff- we couldn't get them, we got our next two. Girls. We did indeed, <laughs> but um, but we've got we've got two girls at, at different ends of their careers, actually, and yeah. one sort of moved on to to do other things as as well. But um, but first of all, we've got um, we've got Kate Maloney now. Kate Maloney is current captain of the Melbourne Vixens in the SunCorp Super Netball League, where she's been the captain for the past couple of years. And it's interesting; it's not this is not something was just bestowed upon her in, in recent times. Kate has been an elite athlete and a real powerhouse in the netball world for for some time now. If we go back to 2010 as an under 17 national MVP. Wow. Uh, Vice captain of the Australian Under 19 team, uh, 2012 captain of the Under 19 team, Under 17 state team 2012. We can go on with these um, uh, in this earlier part of the career, and then moving in as a, and debuted for the Vixens in 2013. Won a series of coaches' awards as well, and was earmarked very early on as a leader. Mm. So looking forward to hearing from her today, and and more recently, and 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 importantly, um, 2017 debuted for the Australian. Uh, Australian Australian Diamonds and is in the current squad for the Australian Diamonds netball team as well. So really looking forward to hearing from Kate and alongside Kate, our good friend, Bianca Chatfield, <laughs> three, 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 okay. <laughs> three, three times Golden Mike member of the Voices of Value Club. Oh, yeah, Third time lucky. where Third time do lucky. we uh, where do we go with Bianca? But let's start from the beginning and um and and talk about that illustrious because it is netball royalty without a doubt Absolutely. that sits uh, that sits beside us. Absolutely, but, um, and reality TV royalty. We're talking about Commonwealth Games gold, silver medalist, World Championship gold medal, forty two Australian caps. Forty I mean, two. These, these are all just That's numbers. Way
4: too low. I played way more than that. <laughs> Where are your you stats really? from? Did you really? Absolutely. Did you get to the fifty? Yeah, I'm, I think I, I just missed the sixty. Hey,
3: this okay. is our show, Bianca. Okay, we'll, we'll make <laughs> up Don't the numbers. Don't use this Wikipedia, Wikipedia so. Pete. Come yeah. yeah.
4: but, um, on.
3: But but again, as a as a junior, and um, you know, you're the youngest ever player for for Australia in the netball as well. So again, it was um, it was someone they they saw very early on as as a leader and has continued on through and mm-hmm. had an incredible career. And now moving into sort of media commitments as well and host of the uh, AFL um, Women's Women's, Footy Show. Um, Softball expert. Softball expert (laughs) now, which is just amazing. Also a regular on the House of Wellness Wellness, as well. So some incredible things um, that that you've been doing, Bianca, and we're looking forward to hearing about those as well. But also from a leadership point of view, running your own netball academy Mm -hmm. down at Vic Uni as well. Was that okay? Yeah, yeah. you
4: did that well.
3: Co-author, two books, but that's enough about you. Um, Let's talk (laughs) about Kate. (laughs) So welcome to the microphone, Kate Maloney and Bianca Chatfield. Thanks for having us. This is the first time we've actually had uh, two guests. So I've had to go buy another microphone there as well, we go.
2: and uh, we've really upped the ante on the production. For those who are watching on our YouTube channel, you can see the Voices of Value logo on full display as we have these wonderful uh, guests with us. And really, as Pete sort of alluded to in the introduction, we really want to delve deep into that mentor mentoree, that leadership, that that ability to identify someone who has leadership qualities within them and to help fast track their progress so that they can actually add more value to the team and so uh, Kate as Pete said though we want to start off with your career. Uh, Obviously from a very young age you had a lot of DNA gifts and talent clearly. Was netball the absolute standout for you or did you play lots of different sports? How did you find the game of netball or did it find you?
0: Yeah I think I grew up in a family who loved sports so I played quite a few different sports growing up and anything I could sort of get my hands on, I tried to get into, but to be perfectly honest, netball wasn't always smooth sailing for me. Um, There were plenty of ups and downs along the way. And I think uh, for me going forward, looking back at the time, it was hard, but that's I suppose what's really ingrained that hard work into me. And I suppose what I've really sort of tried to base everything off is hard work and going out there and um, giving it my all every time.
2: And so, when did you know you had, um, you know, more than above average talent? So was it because yeah, as Pete said, from a very young age, you'd had the spotlight on you, as someone who was going to be in the pathway programs because you showed some DNA gifts and talent.
0: Yeah, it probably wasn't until um, I think Pete mentioned under seventeen's Vic team. I'd sort of missed out on teams before that and was at the age where I was like, do I want to keep playing netball? I could go and hang out with my friends on the weekend. But to be perfectly honest, um, I don't share this with too many people because I try to think I'm a bit tough, but I probably cried and I thought it was (laughs) the end of the world missing out on these teams. And looking back now, I'd go back and thank every coach that didn't select me um, because it really did teach me how hard I had to work. But it also, I suppose, became my motivation that Not that I wanted to go out and prove people wrong, but there is no better feeling than when someone says you can't do something than to go out there and go and work hard, go away and change some things that you're doing, get some feedback. And um, that's sort of what happened for me. I changed clubs, uh, got some new coaches who worked really closely with me and was just lucky enough to go back and try out for the state team the following year and get selected there. And um, even then, I was probably – netball's a team sport, but generally we have – Uh, 12 that go away seven on the court and that year I was probably in the 12 but not in the starting seven and which means you're probably not going to get too much court time and I was just lucky and this sounds terrible but sometimes in elite sport you do have to be in the right spot at the right time and a little bit of luck does come into it and one of the girls got injured it was actually Liz Watson who's (laughs) someone that's very close to Bianca and I and That meant that um, I had a spot in the starting seven. We went through undefeated and I think you mentioned I got named most of your play. I went from being a kid who hadn't made a team, state team before, going to my first tournament and I was just lucky enough to get on the court and that's sort of where netball happened for me and I thought, you know what, maybe I can do this and went on to make the state teams and um, underage national squads from there.
2: But didn't you hear that well, Pete, when when Kate said, when the opportunity came, I just was there to take it. But yeah. it's not like you just rocked up and the doorway opened and there it was. You had a lot of skill set behind you, a lot of preparation work, and you are part of a good team, which allows it to sort of, you know, that opportunity to shine.
3: I think it's interesting and I love hearing stories like oh, when I was at the crossroads, yep. I could have gone this way because I'd had these failures and these setbacks and so forth, but I actually chose this path. Yeah. And I and I love the way you said you, you you know you you looked for change and also you look to appreciate feedback as well. I always say you know Rick, we're not trees. We yep. can move. Yep. We can actually change. We can make decisions and so forth. Bianca, when you would have seen a lot of this in in your time in sport and so forth, and and now in your mentoring roles and so <laughs> forth, there'd be a lot of people at the crossroads. What do you think directs people one way or the other? Mm. What do you think are the key characteristics of these people?
4: What just interested me then hearing Kate was around I think elite athletes when they get right to the top that – they have to have gone through some kind of difficult times. They have to go, you know, like a roller coaster, you go through the ups and you get to celebrate the wins, but you also go through these really low times where you do have to make that decision. And I reckon every time you go through a low point, you're just building your resilience. And we talk about resilience, it's hard to kind of figure out what it actually is, but I think it's all of an accumulation of all of those down times that you do go through. And the best athletes are the ones that want the feedback and want the constant debrief about their performance. And they're okay with that. And they learn to be okay with that. And then they get addicted almost to the challenge of it. And that's exactly how you can see Kate's built her career on that. So for me, the people that do keep moving forward are the ones that embrace the feedback, not the positive fluffy stuff where people are telling you what you want to (laughs) hear. You're a superstar. Yeah. And that all makes us feel great. No doubt about it, but it's a the negative feedback where hopefully the person giving it to you, and this is where the mentor mentee relationships I think are really important, is that people give you feedback that's constructive and that's something you can actually go on action and you can learn and you can work on. And then, you know, again, seek feedback whether you're doing that better um, rather than the feedback that sometimes can be really harsh and can be almost a personal attack and none of us no one should be getting feedback like that it's all about what you do as a um, as a netballer not what you are like as a person Um, and those best relationships I think are what really build you and drive you to go forward.
2: And do you see it inherent in someone like Kate and the people that you are mentoring that I find the future leaders are normally the ones who want to hear the negative first. They want to learn, where can I get better at first and foremost before you tell me what I did do well? It's almost like you got you got to feed that beast first before you can give them the stuff they did well.
4: Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's an athlete thing. It's just the world that I've grown up in. but. When you retire, and Kate's going to find this too, when you, like in 10 years' time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Bianca. <laughs> 15,
2: 15 but when
4: you do retire, that's the thing you crave the most is that in this normal, massive world out there that is not elite athlete driven people are too scared to give you feedback. People don't want to give you the negative feedback. They just want to tell you you're doing a great job and move on. And that's a huge thing I've found in the media world. You get off air and the minute you go, okay, what did I do well? What did I do wrong? What do I need to work on? And nobody's there to tell you Mm. because everyone's so busy just onto the next thing and they don't actually stop. So I figure I must be doing okay because I keep getting work, but that's the only indication that you have. So I found that it's been I've had to drive a lot of people in my world that I've met along the way to be like, hey, can you just watch the show and give me feedback? Because there's nobody internally that is doing that. Just because that's just how their world's built. So, mm. I think for elite athletes, we crave that, we need that. And when we get out into the real world, we think, why the hell do people not give us that? Mm. Um, and that's why I think great organisations and great companies that I either work with or that you see that operate really well and successfully, they constantly are debriefing yep. on what happens, and they're constantly giving each other that feedback and um, and able to work out kind of that next plan or to get people back on that pathway that they were looking for.
2: And so. Kate, earlier you said uh, your hard work was probably one of your your real sort of characteristics that you think held you in good stead and the old saying is hard work beats talent when talent won't work hard. What were some of the things that, in combination with your hard work that you got from leaders, mentors, you know, coaches, people you really valued at all of the way through that you sort of observed and thought, yeah, I like that approach and that got the best out of me. And if I'm ever in a position of leadership, I'm going to probably bring that into my little arsenal of what I'm going to do with the people I lead. Is there some characteristics or some things that stood out?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, I I was very lucky early on to have Bianca as the captain of the Vixens when I first came in and she's someone that she's probably going to love all of this but look <laughs> at her. Um, she's someone that took me under her wing really early and showed me the way both on and off the court and someone that I see as one of the ultimate leaders in our sport and outside of our sport as well. But for me it was her team-first approach or a club-first approach. She always put the team-first um, she was so relatable yet so respected and I think the balance of the two, people just want to follow you and that was something that Bianca did very well. She brought a group of people together and, and they wanted to play for her.
3: Mm. Let's um, – sorry, let's uh, – it's interesting you so talk about team first, club first. Um, I, I want to sort of talk about captaincy and um, particularly your captaincy and the role that you play with that and then that versus a player. So a captain and a player in sync and I've seen in many cases where a player has dropped the captaincy and then become a far better player. Or alternatively, a player is sort of motoring along and then all of a sudden they've got this label of a captain and they just automatically step up. It's a, bit, it's a bit like the, the title. We talk about leader without a title and so forth. Do you need the title? Do you not need the title? Or do you just go about doing it? And we've seen many examples of this and challenges to captaincies and so forth how is the captaincy to you? uh, And and do you find that in sync with an important part of you as a player or talk to us about that?
0: Yeah, I think you've absolutely nailed it there. I think early on, so in, I was first captain of the Melbourne Vixens in 2017. And it was actually probably that our captain and our vice captain had moved away and changed clubs. And we went from having two really great leaders to going, okay, where are we going next? And um, I felt that the team was ready for me to step up. I felt that I was ready to step up and it was probably something there that was more, um, I was playing and just trying to do everything that I possibly could and then given that captaincy. And from there, You know there's not a whole lot of expectation on you we had a young team Um, I was a pretty young captain at the time and you're just going about your business and um, I think the challenge for me has just been trying to get better get that feedback um, and to continue to grow in that position and um, I think that's really changed over the past three years. And I think that's the important
4: part you make because I think when you are captain of a team the way I captained the team, the personalities that were in the team when I was still playing are very different to how it is now. So just the way that I might've done it and the way that I thought was the right way is not necessarily the right way for Kate to do it now. I think it's important that you know, you evolve as as players change and as the game changes that the captain needs to be able to keep evolving. And one way certainly doesn't suit everybody and one way, you know, is not always a successful way either. So I certainly learnt that along the way that in my early part of, I, I see my career in two parts. It was like kind of like pre when I first made the Australian team, then I got dropped, then I got back in the second half of my career and part two of it all. I was a far better player, a far better captain, because it wasn't about me anymore i kind of took the blinkers off and i wasn't so focused on my own performance and making teams and you know winning gold medals it became i actually played better because i was I enjoyed when you had young players like Kate in a side and you could see at training they were being hammered by the coach to try and work on something and try and improve and (laughs) and then you get to see them do it out there while you're on the court with them like there was something about those kind of proud moments of the girls around you that actually fueled me far more to be a better player myself and made my job feel so much easier too um so yeah my second part of my career I was a much better captain because it was not about me anymore.
3: Was it was maturity part of that as well
4: yeah and i think um, i with it for me i was a bit obsessed as an athlete to be the very best i could be and i'd constantly compare myself to everybody else i'm like oh she's faster i've got to be faster you know she can jump higher i've got to jump higher and i was so focused on that stuff mm. I didn't really stop to have a look at anything else. But once I stopped and I got dropped, so I had to stop. <laughs> but once I kind of had a bit of time off, I just mentally refreshed and loved the game again and played for totally different reasons. And yeah, it was far more enjoyable. And hanging out with the kids, <laughs> I got so much energy from them because yeah. the yeah. older players, we tend to whinge about our bodies being sore and we we whinge about all the stuff that isn't going right. But the kids are like, oh, this is amazing. We get to play in front of 10,000 people and they love Love it, and the more you hang out with them, the more you feed off that energy. So I just loved spending as much time with the kids as I could. <laughs> and you learn how
2: to use Snapchat, which is good. I <laughs> learned how to. Yeah,
4: that's how they communicate. So that's what you got to do. You got to do the stuff that they do. And, <laughs> and now she's the ultimate Snapchat. Now I've become yeah. the queen of Snapchat. Snapchat. Yep. Yeah, we, it's how we do it. And but but <laughs> I
3: just, I just love that adaptability. Yeah, you know, it's so true, Flexible. and it's, 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 it's interesting. You know, and, and let's keep delving into this mentor-mentoree mm. because. And you use the word comparison there, Bianca, and comparison is the root of all evil for a lot of people, really, because the comparison is what brings on for a lot of people anxiety, depression, and things like that, because too many times we're sort of comparing with others and so forth. As you get older, and I think maturity comes in, it starts to sort of, you get a bit tired with that, then you start Mm -hmm. to then, you've flipped it, then you've actually started to go, hang on a minute, I'm going to get... Energy and so forth from these girls, and that's going to reshape life and so forth. So, so it's a different perspective on things as well. Kate, as a um, what are you, millennial, gen, something like that, gen whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) But um, but but how do you go with that? But with social media now, that no doubt there's you you know being ridiculed. You just said you know you play in front in front of. Ten thousand odd people. Um, They've all got twenty thousand opinions. Not odd people. <laughs> no, t- <laughs> <laughs> Great people who love the Melbourne Vixens. Yeah, right. yeah as, as do I. I'm a, I'm a passionate uh, member. Passionate I'm a member. Massive uh, Vixen fan, um, as you girls know. But um, but how do you, you you look at social? You're obviously on social and so forth. Um, how do you deal with um, with the ridicule and so forth?
0: Yeah, I think um, for me, social media has been around for as long as I've been involved in sport and, yes, it's grown, but it's become such a big part of what we do. And, you know, we'll go and have meetings and then it will be about, well, how are we going to grow women's sport? So a lot of that is off the back of social media. You know, we need to get more females out there and, yes, performance is number one for us, but we also need to be growing our sport and so it kind of comes with what we do and it can be really tough sometimes and I've been really lucky that I haven't received Um, much criticism at all on social media but I've seen the effect that it has had on teammates and people that I've played with and that can be really tough and being able to switch off and use social media in a really positive way and the positive way to grow our sport but um, as I said I've been really lucky I haven't received a whole lot of criticism but I feel that it is a bit of an obligation for me is to be on social media and to help grow women's sport and to help try and be a really good role model for girls growing up and seeing that um, um, women's sport, but what netball can do for you. And I feel very lucky to have been a part of a sport where females lead where females play, they coach and they pretty much dominate our sport. So I want to that. So
3: I I love the fact that you're taking on the responsibility for the greater good in terms of the female Mm. sport. I'm more interested in a vixen sense (laughs) though and with your teammates that do cop the bit of abuse and and as a captain. Yeah. Okay, so how do you you deal with that? Well, we'll talk
4: about two, I think. Within a team, there's there's rules. There's social media rules. <laughs> like you have to
0: have them in place. Do you want to explain Because yeah. I don't think people quite understand how that works. So yeah. we do. So and it's early on Great in our season at the moment. <laughs> we'll and compete. It is around setting rules around social media mm-hmm. and how we're going to use it. For us, um, as a playing group, we have no social media on game day. So just making sure that we're really focused and we're ready to go. But also we're not showing everyone else what we're doing before we go out on court. That allows for... Um, criticism to come post-game if you win or you lose or whatever might happen there. So that's a pretty standard, stock standard rule we have there. Um, Getting, you know, like if we're going to post a photo, just checking with the person next year, you're right, if we put this up, Um, little things like that. In terms of the negative stuff, I feel like that mainly goes to the club itself. So on the Melbourne Vixens website, they'll post something and then people come in with negative. And so... That can be really choice-driven as to whether you look at it. Absolutely. It can be hard for some people not to look at it. Some players love it. Like they
4: they, at the end of a game will jump on their phone and all they do is read the comments because it's part of fueling whether they – played well and people are telling them they played well or mm. if they play bad then they're seeing that and it, and it will change how they're feeling after a game and it's a really hard thing yeah. in a team because some people like doing that, some people hate doing that and it's a hard balance to
0: find what's okay and what's not and how much you talk about it. Mm. Also, if there is the criticism, I think that's the hardest thing with female sport, it actually means as much as we everything needs to be positive, people are watching it if people are talking about it. yeah. And we probably didn't – we don't have it to the extent that AFL – um, men's have it because there's just not the amount of people watching it um, or the amount of, uh, yeah, I suppose the amount of uh, people watching it. But, you know, we need people to watch it. We want people to be positive. But the only good, yeah, I think with social media is that it is going out there to more and more people to watch and we need people to watch women's sport.
2: Mm. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because yeah. as you say, we need it to, you know, because the, the, the space is so crowded out there now with AFLW and now, the you know, the, the, um, the, the World Cup cup for women T20s right here right now sure and this is. is all in encompassing on you know a very tight marketplace for you so you do need it you're right we need to be aware of it um with the young men that I'm sort of coaching in an AFL sense yeah. I just say you know do you, who's the best player at the club and i you know so in the netball sense I might say oh we think that's Kate do you reckon Kate uh, you're gonna be as good as Kate first game probably not do you reckon Kate might get cop the odd bit of criticism from time to time? Probably. <laughs> <Plenty>. So <laughs> So get ready for it. If she's copying it, you're going to cop it too. Yeah. So here's what we need to do. Who do you need to value? Our coach? Who do you need to value? Our leadership group? Who right. do you need to value? And then after that do whatever you think it needs to be to serve you, but it's probably not going to serve you yeah. if you worry about someone you've never met, who you don't really know, who you also yeah. bitched about the fact that it took too long to queue to get into High Sense or it took yeah. too long to get into the arena. They're so going to bitch and moan about everything. So just be selective about what you take on board and who you take it on board yeah, from. Yeah, I
0: think that's really important point of just having the right people around you and listening to the right people. But the hard thing for us as athletes, too, is a lot of it can be around selection and stuff like that. We don't yeah. put ourselves in the team, yeah. we don't ask for it. You get picked for certain reasons and you don't get picked for other reasons wow. and I think it it is—it's got is, you've got to listen to your coaches, to um, the people that you hold really closely, whether that's your teammates and your friends, your support staff and just being really smart about what you do and don't listen and to. And your mentors. My mentor, Bianca. Yeah, yeah.
2: my mentor. <laughs> well,
4: it's also I think people underestimate that, the, emotion, the emotional like effect it has on you, don't you reckon? Like if you're not selected in the team, you feel a bit poor me about yourself because you want to be in that side, but then you have people telling you you should be in that team and then plus the whole world of social media telling you you either should or shouldn't <laughs> be in that team. Like, it's, okay. you can, it's easy to say just ignore it, but it's actually yeah. so much
2: harder to That's do. That's you go back to the coach go, see? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, see, Facebook think I should be in the team. Oh,
4: it is, yeah, it's really true and I think it gets harder and harder for you guys now and I think a good example was um, on the weekend or last week, Katie Brennan, who's the captain of the Richmond Footy Club, Mark Robinson, the Herald Sun, no. wrote a Really, uh, I thought really interesting piece on her, and the first time I read it, I was like, "Whoa, that's you know he's being quite critical of her performance, quite critical of the way she's captaining the side and who she should be as a player." But then when I read it again, I thought, you know what, everything he's commenting on is actually fact. Like her performance hasn't been great this year, her stats haven't been great this year, and I thought that was a huge step in women's sport because it was the first time I've ever read an article where they were critiquing somebody's performance like they do in the men's game and it's not easy Mm -hmm. to read. It's not, I'm sure for Katie, it would have taken a lot for her to kind of deal with that. But I actually thought it was, for once, it's not just a fluffy positive piece about female sport and then male sport is actually analysed and critiqued as you know it should be on people's performances. Yeah. That's think. good. that So no
3: one's walking around on eggshells. It just It is what it is. It's, well, no, I think it's just
2: saying it's equal. I'd, I'd go hard if that was Trent Cotchin, so I'm going to go hard because it's the captain yeah. of the AFL yeah, W but, Richmond side. But what so,
3: I mean by that is yeah. I, I think with, with women's sport, um, just personal opinion here, um, I'm just going to get on my soapbox right here, it's too much like, oh, should they, shouldn't they be playing You know what? They're, They're doing it. Yeah. They're doing it really well. Yeah. If you don't like it, then switch it off. Yeah, yeah. We all have choices, and that people people want to call from the stands and um, and broadcast, you know, views and so forth. If, if you're not into it, go into it. I mean, I saw some of the most the best games. And, yeah, I'm a kangaroo person, as you know. But geez, those girls were unbelievable. You might actually get premiership from the girls. Well, yeah. you're not getting one from the boys. Yeah, thanks. Man. All right, <laughs> thank that's, you. Uh, thank
2: let's you. just thank let's you. just end <laughs> it right now. Thank you. Finally, so, uh, finally, somewhere. But the other thing is, in the Voices of Value Cup match that was played between. Collingwood Collingwood and Collingwood. Yeah. Then we'd had uh, Sarah Rowe from the Collingwood Magpies and Chloe Dalton Chloe Dalton mm. from the Carlton OAM well from that game <laughs> a post-match interview went bloody viral because a defender said once the ball hits the deck she's bloody useless <laughs> like I just thought I'm loving the fact that they're that competitive. Oh. That it's not an exhibition game. But, this is but, for real. But this
3: is the thing. It's almost like uh, they sort of limped in and it's like, oh, well, let's not do too much stuff to affect things because we, we've got to be really protective of it. It's like, nah, it's a sport. They're women playing Ooh. a sport. They should be playing it. They're doing it really well. Get behind it. If you're not into it, go, go and follow something else. But you don't see anyone judging lacrosse no. or or any, uh, any other sports than that like people do form their opinions. On, on AFLW and so forth. So I I just think it's 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 so good. Um that that definitive line is actually getting more and more washed out as time goes on. You have the T twenty cricket, you know, upon us at the moment. Netball's, you know, continuing to to yeah. get bigger and better and all that sort of stuff. So there's some cool stuff happening.
4: But it's a fine line too, isn't it, Kate, as a captain. So I'll put my media hat on now and as a commentator in Netball, we want the girls, not necessarily to say mm. like what Livingston said from Carlton about it's um For about Taylor Harris being useless. You don't want that. But after a game, right, I reckon netball sometimes has this view of everyone's quite nice and everyone's quite positive and blah, blah, blah. blah and we're like, give us the real deal. Like yeah. if you've lost and you're pissed off, we want to hear us. that. exactly. And so it's a really mm. fine line because I say that to Kate all the time. I'm like, give us more. Like, you've got to <laughs> be really honest. And But then as a team, you also don't want that honesty mm. out there because you want to protect your team and you want to make sure that you're always saying the right thing by the team. But from a media perspective, that doesn't always wash no. that well yep. because we need to get into the nitty gritty so yeah. whenever I'm interviewing Kate I'm like looking at her like come on give me more yeah. give me more but I understand if I was captain there is no way I'd be giving more so and it's a
2: bit like saying a lot without saying much
0: yeah, yeah. yeah it's hard there's a fine line because I love it when there's players that do and yeah. you sit there and you're watching like yes that's what you want to hear and then you get to it yourself and it's with your own team and you just want to protect everyone and get in there and review it as a group and I suppose not create the drama that comes with being really honest and I think. That would have, is what would have been one of the toughest things with the comment that the Collingwood player made is then the scrutiny that comes around that for the whole week until they play again and yeah. then is she going to play well and then is Taylor Harris going to step up and play the, that week? So you do, you want to see it because it's entertaining from a viewership and then with your own team you want to protect it. So <laughs> yeah. it's that fine line it really. It is a fine
2: line. And we fine we, we, when we interviewed Nick Maxwell, he talked about the fact that when he was captain of the Collingwood Football Club, he was asked a question in the media and he said, uh, I'm not happy just playing finals. I want, I want yeah. to win the premiership. So then his coach at the time, McMillan, said, come in here. Do you realise you've just thrown the whole spotlight on us? Mm. And he goes, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've set the goal of playing finals for the yeah. last two years and we've ticked it. I don't reckon we've set it high enough. So it's not that our aim is too high and we miss it. It's often it's too low and we hit it. So I'm prepared to put it out there. And what Nick shared, and I'll, it's a good segue to, to both of you, talking about leadership used to be a title, then it was influence, now it's about being authentic, authentically ask who you are as an individual. How much of your leadership do you believe is authentically you, as in you the individual, and then mixed into the best mentors you've been around, the best leaders you've seen?
0: Yeah, I think that's um, a really good point and that's exactly what I was thinking about when Bianca was talking about, you know, I don't want to, Bianca's someone that I've looked up to and she's been a great mentor for me and um, a lot of my leadership um, I've taken from Bianca but at the same time the biggest quality for me in leaders is someone that's genuine mm. and how do you believe someone that's not genuine? And so for me, it's I've been able to take these qualities but it's about being myself and knowing that you're put in the role because of what you've done in the past and trying to continue that, and yes, you're trying to get better, but um, there's nothing worse than listening to someone and going, "You're just—you've thought about that all week, and now you're just repeating yourself." Yes. Like mm. you want to hear someone that's really genuine and knowing that it's coming from their heart and that that's what they believe. And so, being genuine is probably. Uh, the biggest thing for me. And
2: and for you when you're looking to because everyone deserves mentorship, right? So, but some are going to get it more than most. What do you look for in a mentoree when you're thinking, you know, here's somewhere I think I could really sort of, you know, fast track her development or fast track their their sort of um, progress?
4: I don't to be honest, I don't ever look at it like that yep. because I feel like so Kate and I have never gone I'm your mentor like we've never sat down and done that (laughs) will you please be (laughs) my mentor but it's (laughs) it's got to be more organic and it's got to offer both of you something too yeah like I don't think a mentor relationship is about you telling somebody what to do, giving no. them feedback all the time. Like I learned so much from Kate just as much as I hope she learns from me yeah. and a lot of our conversations are just whatever's coming up at the time, whatever's happening in the week, some we like lock that away in the vault, you're not allowed to talk about that immediately the media, Bianca, shut up. And so I have to then differentiate between what I can talk about public and what I can't. But I think it's got to be about just literally having a platform to problem solve together, whatever it might be, and rather than, you know always me bring some lessons to the table because I don't know her world. I I've been out of the game four years now. The team is very different to how it was with me. Yeah. I enjoy more than anything listening and learning from about how it is done now and how she has to handle different things because it's it's not easy. And I think back in my day, uh, it was a little bit more where the leader probably was the stronger and trying to we were trying to always Act like we knew the answers, and we, you know, we, we just had to sometimes tough it out. And too much, it was too much of that. I remember a grand final we played in um, 2012, I think it was, and we, you know, we it was a, a huge effort for us to make the grand final. Uh, we lost that game, um, which is not surprising in hindsight because we didn't really have a team that was all for the team. But I remember at the end of that grand final, we we're all out drinking, and I went into the car and I just bawled my eyes out because it took so much of my energy to be captain that year because it was about me trying to take on everybody's issues, trying Mm -hmm. to deal with that, trying to pretend that I was strong enough to handle it all. And, uh, you know, I was just – I'd never been so exhausted by a season in my life and then – we flip it around to 2014 when we won it and it was because, again, it was back to the team. It was mm. back every, about everybody. It's okay to be the captain and go, I actually don't know what to do mm. but let's talk about it. Let's try mm. and figure out the option here rather than the captain always going, no, this is what we're doing and being the really decisive one at the top. Yeah.
3: I think that's been the, the, the big key difference over, over – years gone by the captain was always the best player in the team. Not saying you're not the best player, Kate, by any <laughs> no, stretch. I'm, I'm but, happy to admit that yeah, <laughs> definitely but, but not. Isn't it true? It used to be, I know growing up, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's the best player. He needs to be the captain. Yeah. needs to lead from the front, lead yep. by example and so forth. Yep. And it was just such a such a different mentality to mm. now because there's so many other elements for getting the best out of people because mm. some people See the best player and who who may be may or may not be the captain, and say, well, yeah, I can't do that. They're different, and all that sort of stuff. So, you actually need someone that's a bit more level-headed, grounded, and so forth. Mm. That sort of mid-rung sort of person that actually can actually hit someone on on, on more to their level, and that's mm. ultimately what leadership is: is being able to sort of. You know, talk to someone on their level. You know, tap into the right things, and that's a real credit to you, B. Because I know from our conversations as well as you don't. It's not like when I play, we should do this or you did this or you did this, whatever it may be. It's like you actually go above and beyond to seek what is going on in the in the world of a sports person right now and maybe that you know that's a media influence right now in you and it's the same 26 years in real estate for me you know i started when i was 10 but um <laughs> but the, the point is, is is i can't go in there and say oh and i was selling and mm. i was doing this and that sort of stuff it's like well hey mate you know uh the world's changed mm.
4: so how does a mentor relationship work in your world then like is that where Michael Paproth comes in? Is he your yeah. mentor? Uh, He'd
3: like uh, to think so. <laughs> well, let's not let's not go there. But um, yeah, well, that's um, one for you, Pappy. Well, well, <laughs> well, Pappy. You got that in.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that cost
3: you. I don't know how many hundreds you had to that's get across there. It's interesting. I had a really, um, I had a really um, interesting um, conversation with Pappy, uh last week, and I um, and I asked him this question. And here's a question you might want to um, take to to people. Say, so, is your outer world reflecting what your inner world is telling you? So you know how we want to be someone. We're you want, yeah, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be. That. How do you reckon that's projected in the outer world? Do you, how's your conversations with people? Um, what are the questions you're asking? Asking? How's your empathy? How's your assertiveness? And all the things that you're projecting outside? Is that what is going on internally? Because sometimes there's a disconnect. Mm. What we're actually broadcasting um, is completely different to what we're internalizing, or, or you know, vice versa. So. I think. Um, what am I trying to say here? I, I think as as a mentor, though, it's about just seeking first to understand, and then being authentic mm. in terms of what you truly believe and what actually you're you're actually um, informing or, or, or talking about. Um, a bit like do we, you know. Don't tell someone to do what something you wouldn't do yourself Yeah, um, is, is a classic example. But this thing called empathy is, is a biggie because it's not to be confused with sympathy. Sympathy is, oh, it's the poor you, poor yeah. you. Oh, put your – are you okay? Are you okay? Mm. You know, so sort I of think. But empathy is like I get it. I understand, mm. right, and, and I really feel – so what are the ways we're going to work forward? How are we going to get out of this? How are we going to get out of this rut? And you girls would have seen it a, a million times in sport. You lose a big, big game. How do you pick yourself up from that, yeah. you know, in, 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 a, in a sporting sense is you look at teams that lose grand finals, come back the next year bigger and better than ever. But some yeah. don't come back at all. But yeah. that's my that's my point. So you you get like a, uh, let's use Richmond, for example, a couple of years ago, they, they you know, thanks, Kate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, look what happened to them in in, in 2018. Um, it was a little bit of disaster at the end. It was, it was a massive letdown for what they should have done. They bounced back in 2019. And were unbelievable, mm. right? Then you get teams the other side of it, and like and, St Kilda and, went back to back against Geelong, almost kind of, and then boom, yeah. dropped straight, straight away. away yeah. You know, sometimes it's a talent thing, but you know, quite often, more often than not, there's a there's a mindset thing, and it's you just totally let down, and it's you play that poor me card mm. rather than radio. How do we get better? What do we need to do to implement? to actually you know, tweak, hone, improve those little things that are going to make us even better next year.
4: That's why I'm a big believer that the captain shouldn't be the best player in the team. Like I Because I feel like, and Kate mentioned it as well, you've got to live and breathe all the sides of what happens in sports. So you've got to sit on the bench to understand what it's like for the players in your yep. team sitting on the bench. You've got to be dropped from a team to then understand what someone else is going through. Whereas you have these amazing players, and Sherelle McMahon would be one that stands mm-hmm. out for me, incredible player. She was so, so good. Like she is the best I've ever seen in her position. Um, but captaincy for her was always more of a challenge because she didn't understand what it was like to sit on the bench and that's not her fault because she's just so <laughs> bloody good? good. She never was in that. that. Yeah, I mean I'd swap <laughs> with her any day. But we co captain for a long time because I could add that element that I'd been dropped, I sat on the bench, yeah. I would kind of be able to help out with that side of things whereas she could help out with being that leader that would absolutely play her heart out and lead by example on the court. And
2: and for her, the basic or average for her was sometimes – uh, another team member's very best that they could do because she came from an elite sporting family. Her brother yeah. was an elite leader in the AFL, played it at the highest level, coaching it at, at a very high level. And so she's probably got a different mindset. It's like, why can't you guys do all th- or why can't you girls do yeah. all this? And it's and, like
4: I mean she did have a good understanding, but I think you have to experience it.
2: Yeah, because nothing substitutes for actually totally. seeing on the pine. I get it. Yeah. And and so earlier you talked about your ability to mentor by not trying to be the smartest person in the room, but just going in there and going, what's going on? Then mm. let's see collectively if we can let's I think that's a powerful mentor mentor mentoree word let's let's see together what we think the solution might be and then start nutting it out and have the benefit Mm. of the wisdom of I've got I'm time tested in this I'm a little bit older I've been through it but what what are you finding today Kate and let's just see if we can together work through it and come to a solution together where if Kate's driving that she feels a massive when you feel super as her leader going you know or mentor going you know I've, I've contributed there and so you get the fulfillment of actually as you say seeing it play out on the court the next day or the next night oh, or whatever. Yeah.
4: And when you sit, I get to sit courtside sometimes when I'm commentating their games and as much as I'm meant to be neutral and have a <laughs> neutral hat on uh, uh, and uh, talk uh. about the game fairly and I sit there and I like love just getting eye contact with Kate and I'm like, you know, you're doing yeah, great no job keep going. Like, yeah. You know, like I just I don't know. I think I probably it's just powerful at at this point. Do you
3: do you feed from that though? Is that is that something you you do look to Um, do you ever look to the crowd or look to someone in there and you, you know what I mean? Like I'm curious about the um, probably segueing just slightly here, but, you know, a tennis player that sort of looks up at their box and their coach just has to look at them in a certain way and they're like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, I got it. Do you do that when you're on the court? Are you, are you so entrenched in the game that you don't you block out everything else around?
0: Yeah, probably more before the game. I'm probably more aware of what's going on and, and who's in the crowd. Every now and then when you're on court and, you know, you're chasing up a loose ball, you might see someone like Bianca sitting on the sideline and she'll just give you that face and you're like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, you
2: pump the heart. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be really subtle because I you know it, the camera's on. It is really hard. <laughs> and you
0: are so in the moment and, and mm. doing what's out there, you kind of forget you know, everything else that's Mm. happening around you. But if
4: you watch Kate play, she fuels herself just on the effort she puts in. Mm. So if she she could be like they could be behind by five, six goals, whatever, but Kate will then chase up a loose ball that was impossible to get but the fact she put that effort in, then you can see it lifts her and you can see everyone else around is like, whoa, like she's actually gone way out of her way to try and get that ball. That's the way she leads and it's very much like the more effort she puts in, the more she feels herself. It's funny. It. So, yeah,
3: it's, it's certainly when you um, do some research on you, Kate, it's it's so many coaches and, and people in the game comment about that aspect of your game, your tenacity and your ferociousness and your willingness to go. That That's, that's a real credit to you and how you go about it. And I guess that's one of the, the big elements of captaincy.
0: Yeah, and I suppose – Growing up, not always being the best player in the team, you've got to find other ways, um, I suppose, to lift your team but to also lift your performance. And those little one percenters are something that I've always, you know, I'm not going to let anyone beat me to a loose ball or, I'm, you know, I'm going to work my absolute guts out to uh, make sure that I'm getting that next pass. And Mm. I think it's those little things that um, have really helped build my game and um, I suppose helped me become a positive player within a team aspect.
2: And I'm interested, Bianca, on your thoughts on this. That's For a long time, the best coaches in teams weren't necessarily the best players during mm. their career, but they just learnt – how to maximise their talent with what they had and filling the gap with hard work, work ethic, discipline, strategy, and then the ability to communicate to others that gave them that opportunity to then coach. Is that what you saw sort of in your early days and then watching it progress through?
4: Yeah, I definitely. But I think it's, yeah, just knowing your skill set because the greatest players don't have any ability to coach. like it, And that's okay too because that's been their thing is playing. So, yeah. yeah, for me the best coaches have been the ones that have been really able to understand not just the game and not just teaching you a skill but they understand how to interact with you as a person and they get to know you as a per- person and build a relationship with you away from the actual game and I think we've both found that in the coaches that we've had they they are tough on you but they also know when to give you a bit of a hug and see if you're okay too
2: and so now let's just use that as an example let's say you saw Kate do something which is felt didn't fit her behavior you know that's not her as an individual how do you tackle that as so having a tough conversation because we all have the good <laughs> ones. How do you have the? And she might crave it, or she might not. Yeah, you know, I don't know. But
4: Well, I think it depends if you know. for For us, we just catch up randomly. It's not like an ongoing thing. Yeah, no, okay. but I, if I was at the game and I saw her do something that was potentially not a great behavior out there on court, I would definitely tell her. But I would say in a way that, hey, I saw you do this. Like, just just be careful because. The, so without bringing you, so, a solution. So would you be that
2: direct? Would you say, I saw you do that and just yeah, be careful? Absolutely. Or would you say, it like, hey, just talk me through? I don't know if you remember this, but this was the. Do you paint the picture and let her self solve or do you just. Uh, be, depends on the circumstances. If it,
4: I, th- I think you have to be direct enough yeah, okay. to actually pinpoint the situation, what? but I wouldn't put it in the phrase that you did that, yeah, don't yeah, do that. Yeah. I would say you know, so say example, she yelled at the umpire and that's just a behaviour that you know you shouldn't do. And I tried my hardest not to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, en- struggled <laughs> <then>. <laughs> I remember an example when it was a team rule, we didn't do it. And then I was having a shocking game. And my first thing I did was yell at the umpire. Then we had a young goal attack at the time, ball went down the other end of the court, then straight away, the goal attack did something wrong. She looked at the umpire and I was just like, you know what, that's on me because I just showed her that that's what she could do. So so for example with Kate if I saw her doing something like that I would be thinking this is what this is what I saw you did this but what do you think it does for the other girls yeah. so I'd more kind of bring it into a scenario that I like sometimes <laughs> be careful doing that behavior because it's it's gonna set off everybody else to potentially follow got you, it. and yep. you just got to be careful like that. So and not going, you did that and that was bad. <laughs> it's like, how is that scenario potentially going to be a, like to the detriment of the team rather than to a positive? Yeah. And now
2: let's flip it the other way. So you see, her do something incredibly well, like you said, chasing a loose ball that was probably never going to be got, but it just showed a clear intent, lifted everybody, thinking, well, if Kate's doing that, I'm going to go the extra heart. I'm going to get press up on my player. I'm going to. You know, how do you how do you give her that sort of feedback that she's right on track with stuff? Well,
4: I think one thing that you often do underestimate is we say that we want negative feedback yeah. all the time, but we also need positive feedback. And do. there's yeah. ways that Kate needs people to lift her up because when you're the leader and when you're taking on everything as a captain, you don't often get the feedback that you're doing a good job because everyone expects you to do that all the time. And I found that some of the most frustrating things that you're always the positive voice at training. You're all the one, always the one pumping everybody else up, but quite often people don't do that to you so yeah. I think that's why it's important to constantly do still give that positive feedback whether she takes it on or not but making sure that she still feels like she's doing a great job because Perfect. she is yeah um, but yeah it's sometimes uh, you just feel a bit lost when you're up there at the top and a bit well, isolated Well, say, as a
3: captain things get amplified don't they if, if things go well they go to you first if things go well uh, sorry <laughs> things don't go well well that's absolutely going to you first so they, they get amplified in such a big way so the key thing is to is to look at how you're feeling. Your tank mm. emotionally, you know, physically it goes without saying, but certainly emotionally yeah. as a captain, because I think the captain has, has, has a far greater emotional yeah. um, impact on everyone than, than just purely a physical. Um, sort of thing you could, you could it, work harder yeah. you know push more weights you know run more <laughs> laps and so forth like that or do whatever but emotionally is how you're actually able to tap in and aside to that Pete
2: I actually think when things go well it's the team and the coach when things go poorly it's the it's the captain it's probably more yeah. flipped the other way <laughs> Kate I'm interested to know yep. if 11 other Vixens were in this room right now and I said um, you know, girls can you just describe to me Kate's leadership <laughs> style and what, what do you think what would you like to think that they would be saying because I've got their answer anti- is yes.
0: here. <laughs> so I, just I was going to say uh, they would probably all say very loud. Um, <laughs> but, no, I think for me what I'd want to hear from them is just that – you know, going out there and working hard. I think that's the biggest thing for me is that try to lead by example in a sense of working hard. I've I've always been someone that communication and that side of thing has come quite naturally but, um, yeah, I just tried to go out there and set the standards, whether that's on the training court or whether that's in recovery or the gym or whatever it might be and trying to, I suppose... Get as many of the girls on board with me as I can with that.
2: So work mm-hmm. ethic—you want to hear that? that, that Lover or hater, she's work ethic cannot be questioned, cannot be denied. She's a great communicator. She she realizes that none of us are good as all of us. She's very keen to find out how we're tracking. If there's an area that you would like to think that you um, would be able to pass on to the next generation going forward, outside of those things that you just highlighted there, what else would you think you'd like to give them?
0: Yeah, I think you guys touched on it a bit earlier and Bianca, I still remember, she wrote me a card once when I first got the captaincy of the Melbourne Vixens and one piece of advice that I'll never forget is that you're not going to know the answer to everything but surround yourself with great people and um, it's kind of stuck with me forever and... Oh, well, not forever, for the past three or four years <laughs> since she wrote that. But um, I'm really lucky to have really great people around me, whether that be anchor or um, people in the leadership group with me, my coach. And um, the biggest thing for me was I grew up playing with a lot of these girls. They were my best friends, like really close friends with um, the majority of the girls in the team. And so... I didn't feel like I was above them or that I needed to be above them and it was actually going, you know what, I probably know just as much as you guys and I need your help to do this. And mm-hmm. I think that just enables more and more people to stand up and I think successful teams have um, not just a, a good captain or a good leadership group, they have uh, a really great um, playing squad that can stand up at any time and, and really take the reins.
2: And the 12th player on the on the. On the roster could be a leader in their own right, not necessarily tossing the coin and, and going through that, but more importantly, just because of the way they they play the game, yeah. they bring their, they live the values and they they honour the team first orientation. Yeah,
0: I think the old saying of "you're only as strong as your weakest yeah. link" is so important within a team sport. And I remember when we won the 2014 Grand Final, it was probably because of the depth we had within mm-hmm. our bench. And I still remember mm-hmm. for those who know. Um, netball Kath Cox um, was on the bench for us that year, but the way she was able to come on from the bench and just that harmony that we had within the whole 12 Uh, and the support that we got from um, all 12 girls was something that helped us be a really successful team. I don't know if you would say we were the most talented team Mm. out there but I believe we had the best team dynamics and that's what made us so successful in 2014. So
2: knew their role, played their role. When the chance came, they weren't counting the minutes, they were just making the minutes count and doing the whole thing. Pete and I, I think, taking up Bianca's point, I reckon we build built a career on
3: surrounding ourselves with really cool people, haven't we? It's been a short cut and that, and to me. And that's how Voices of Value was born yep. as well, is that we just wanted to tap into the minds of great people as we're doing here yeah. today. And as we, get, as we get to the tail end of um, our chat here today, which has been enormously enjoyable has it been fun (laughs) it's
4: been fun fun. 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 but um i
3: i want to talk about challenges um uh, just as we close and and the biggest things that you're focusing on now the challenges that you're focusing on because you know from the outside looking in you've got kate maloney captain of the says, oh my god what a dream life you know, <laughs> uh, incredibly good-looking, fit girl oh, who's just—I yeah, um, oh, well. just saw it. I'll it come in. back <laughs> next week. <laughs> and for those of you who are watching so, on YouTube, I yeah. oh, confirm that. Well, it's, you know, it's—but um, but, but it's—it uh, goes without saying that you're—you know—just you're an inspiration to watch and so forth. But parking that, yep. there's going to be challenges, yeah. okay? And there's going to be challenges that, that, that people deal with and whether you're a, a young female sports person, whether you're an older female sports person or whether you're a, uh, you know, in business or whatever it may be, what are what are the one or two key challenges that you're that you're dealing with at the moment that, you know, let's say the next six months in, in, in 2020 are the key focus points for Kate Maloney?
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's something that I look really close at and at the start of the season, um, continue to improve on my leadership is, is a massive thing for me. And um, I think when I first took over the captaincy, there was no expectation on me as a leader. We kind of exceeded ex- everyone's expectations. We won games and that's when leadership is easy, when everything's going mm-hmm. well. But as soon as you're not playing well, the injuries come, um, the team might be losing a few games. I think that's when it be- can become really tough and that's when you try to do more. And I think for me, um, trying to do more is actually at harm of my leadership. Um, So for me, it's about trying to not take on too much, use the people around me as much as I can. And that's a really big focus for me is not going, oh, my God, I need to get better. I need to do more. We're not doing well, but actually going, all right, keep doing what you're doing. How can we use the people around us to make us a better team? And um, yeah, I think that's the key for me.
3: That's absolutely awesome. And B, so for you, from um, and, and getting away from the sporting side of things, or more from a helicopter view at sports and what you're mm-hmm. seeing in the media world and all that, um, let's let's quickly just touch on, on 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 potentially a health and well-being sort of thing and what your observations are around that. And um, would that be would that be a key challenge that you see um, from the outside looking in now? Because you know, give, give us your helicopter view of of female sport and and the challenges.
4: Well, I think. In the past, female sport's been very much like you do it because you love it. It's it's a part-time job. It's not your full-time job. And I think now when you look at especially netball, majority of the girls, yes, they have other stuff outside of it, but they're pretty much full-time athletes. They train like full-time athletes. Now there's more money in the game. There's more endorsements in the game. And so it's actually finding the ability for them all to be able to do all of that, but then also look after themselves too, because... They like Kate was saying before, she feels like she's gotta be an ambassador for women's sport, she's gotta drive the sport, you've got to say yes to every media thing that comes up because it's the right thing to do mm. by the sport. Yep. And at some time you've got to be a little bit selfish and say, actually, what's the right thing by me? And I think more and more that's gonna be the challenge for female athletes. And and now we're seeing I think it's really good. We're seeing, like in men's sport, they have well-being staff that look after the players that allow them, you know, to have uh, chats and debriefing about whatever they're going through personally that's confidential from the coach and the team. And I think that's more important that the wellbeing side of things is implemented in female sport because the reality is there isn't enough money to have enough support staff around you. And now that the money's getting better to play the game, the money is now hopefully going into the resources around the girls too yeah. to help with that side of things. And we've seen, you know, Sharni Layton's open about her mental health battles. That creeps in because people don't look after themselves enough because they don't have time and they don't have the experience expertise or they don't have the finances to be able to dedicate that Time to themselves, um, whereas now more and more that's creeping in. So I think that's really important. Mm, there's right. so
3: many different personalities. You look at Shani; is yeah. she's a really you know dominating sort of you personality. You would
4: have turned the volume right down on her I mic. Did. But,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's just so so awesome. I do, I just love her rawness and 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 directness about things. And mm. and sometimes some people found that a bit harsh. And and yes. the people who played with her, and you know, you get that. Everyone's got different personalities. But you know what? It takes seven different t- personalities to to fill a netball court. Um, it takes 12, and, and well, 12 in uh, <laughs> no, a tween. no. There's actually 10. Excuse well, ten me. Ten Excuse me. Oh, sorry. You I just said, were I just said the court. Point. I said the court. Uh, can and can then I just say,
2: Bianca, no oh. one's all over his vixens and or that <laughs> as much as Pete is. i got to tell you, he's wrapped with it from uh, – but I think – Well, if know, you're
4: at the vixens game, we should say this to everybody. If you're at a vixens game and you see the vixens mascot Come and that's and say it's Heidi, called Kate. Foxy Vixen, it's actually Pete inside he's
3: the mascot. Right. That's it, that's is. job's up at the moment. I'm Foxy. call are Foxy. Perfect. We've unmasked you, mate. You're like a member of KISS. That now know. we know what you
2: really look like. Well, the Kanga – I
3: couldn't get the Kanga job down at North and that's, that silly pie that runs around the Collingwood games. But um, Magpies. Magpies.
0: More importantly, Magpies. you've taken over Fox Pie, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. a pie, you know, can it, pie. Can you yeah. just stay
3: on anyway, track? Anyway, on track, on track. On track. <laughs> but, um, hey, look, this has been good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Our newest female fox running around the <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Can I just but
2: say, though, no, in all seriousness, I want to try and back somewhere, but I think what I heard – Bianca say there is resources are getting better in the female sort of game, which is good. But one of the resourceful things you can do no matter how much money is in your club is you can find a mentor. You can find someone who's been there, done it, and grab them and just say, hey, I'd love to just grab you for an hour, take you for a coffee. You'd learn more in an hour than probably you could find through personal experience in a year, maybe longer. So one of the clever shortcuts of anyone who's really successful is they find someone who's done it and they align with them and they get the benefit of the mentorship. And I know you guys don't have that title of mentor, mentoree, but that's – exactly what's happened to her to the degree and I'm sure Kate if I interviewed her deeply she'd say you know Bianca's given me a lot of shortcuts you would say she's created a new love for netball watching you know her sort of you know living her dream knowing you've played a small part in that I just think it's amazing to think that in this day and age of 2020 when there is so much emotional well-being challenges that are out there and all that sort of stuff one of the resourceful things we can take ownership of ourselves and rather than wait for a club to give it to us or whatever is just go on the front foot read a book. You know, watch a TED Talk, um, you know, find somebody who's got an answer for the challenge you're in but if you can actually meet up with them, have a coffee and and chat and then form a friendship. I mean, honestly, I I reckon Pete and I, we've built – over the last three decades a pretty strong career around getting around really cool people and going, hey, can I just check in with you? What, what is it that you're doing? You know, If you were me, what would you be doing now? If you go back yep. and you could talk to your 18, 19, 20-year-old self, what would you say? And if there's something I could avoid doing, what would it be? Just having that resourcefulness. Yeah. Uh, is, you don't need a sports psych to help you with that, I don't think. Do no, you.
4: and I think no matter what you do, whether it's sport or not, you can't do it on your own. No, no one can do it on their own.
2: Well, you know, I do say
3: that there's no successful hermits. Uh,
2: it's not a solo performance success. Um, well, B, B
3: and I, there's, there's there's very few weeks that go past where B and I don't try and solve some world problems. and uh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but, but absolutely love it. And just, you know, and B and I met on the block and I've now sold her first ever home last year as well. So first ever investment. We've shared. Is it? Well, it was, a, it was a home, Rick. It sorry, was a home. Okay, she sorry. lived there, and, oh, yeah. and it's very, very close to her heart as well. But, not um, but we've not shared some good times. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm so. I'm just want to, you know, certainly say I'm incredibly grateful to have someone like Bianca in my life. Um, she's a bit of a mentor to me now. Is oh, that okay.
4: stop a pity. Yeah. You too. And then
3: to, um, and to meet Kate. But you know, you, it's interesting. You think Melbourne Vixens you know, pretty pretty bloody popular club mm. without a mm. doubt. And you think, mm. oh the captain, you know, Kate Maloney, you think, oh, okay. And you meet Kate and you think, My God, what you couldn't get a more genuine, you know, gracious um, authentic, authentic, caring person than Kate Maloney, and, and bloody
4: passionate. I tell you are. what, she's the most passionate player ever.
3: But there's not, a, there's not a hint, not a hint of arrogance about this oh, girl. There you go. Um, and and that's why you are you're in, you've <laughs> you're incredible at what you do. And and to be on Voices of Value and to be able to share with our listeners um, some of the insights in what it is to be um, a captain of an elite sporting team, um, you've to see incredible. Um, insights there. And Bianca, um, what is – yeah, that's right. You were an Australian – how many caps was it? We're Come on. 59,
0: She knows exactly how many god <laughs> I love it. You, well, I only
2: do you know I had
3: 59 it's... written here? I said 42 just to see what yeah. she'd say. Well,
2: it, you, you... – Dangled a bit of bait there. It yeah, was no, it was she taken took it. like she yours. Took it. it was she just took it. chomped on, which yeah. I think is important. But in all seriousness, uh, this has been uh, we haven't a, finished A, it, a powerful okay. month. <laughs> <laughs> it's been
1: all a right. powerful <laughs> month of
2: uh, collaborating with uh, you know empowering women who are all about uh, you know pushing the cause of, of their particular sports, but more importantly, just pushing progress for the better communities that they're a part of and therefore a better world. Last week we spoke with uh, Belinda Clark. Uh, the week before that we spoke to the the wonderful. Talented, uh, you know Chloe Dalton OAM, Blender Kark, AO. Do you guys have any titles uh, after this? No. no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We will go cool, be getting we one soon. We've work so on that. Yeah, you oh, you know. must Sports be sure. of Fame, You're on the MCG Trust, aren't you? Can't yeah, you? Can't you get that happening? Role. I don't know. Is there anything um, you don't do?
4: No, there's plenty. Special
2: comments, <laughs> softball. I That's saw that. Right,
4: That's right. Yeah, I just have a go. Whatever. Say yes. Worry about it later. The, yeah. You know, Sometimes it's yes.
3: Me out. Say it's yes and fill in the blanks it's later. It's so how, how is that renovating going? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, welcome back to VCAT. Uh, <laughs> as we work that out. But in all seriousness, we hope you've enjoyed this sort of last month of uh, us getting very much uh, some great life hacks from some empowering women, doing it, you know, on the court, uh, doing it in the commercial world. More importantly, just doing it to improve uh, their communities and that's really what we're all about so if you've liked this episode as always we ask you to do Two things simply like the episode, comment on it if you like, but more importantly, the third thing, share it with your friends, your networks to make it better. This has been Bianca's third time back on the mic, and I know that uh, the first two times Sorry. it was uh, <laughs> it was very well received. I've got no doubts this will be. And we be, took feedback from her. We as took well. feedback from her, we and we and we learned, and that's important. Mm-hmm. And Kate, thank you so much because it's a very busy time for you. The season's about how are we looking? Is it's it about is to it training? is it, a, is about it to is to a training? Is it a season that we should be jumping all aboard the Vixen's and the, definitely. get on the bus? Yeah. In Nickma. Let's time. get out oh, there. Wait, let's let Vixen's game. Let's get out there, Rick. Let's yeah, let's we, make that commitment. It, yeah, and so are we calling it as captain of the Vixens Are we saying this is our year? Are we Absolutely.
0: well really? as a Victorian kind of netball team, team, uh we always talk finals and it's very six, rich, successful history, so I'm always taught we want to win that. we want to win it and so we'll do everything we can now to do it and take whatever pressure comes with that. We're
2: we'll sure. in it to win it. Love yeah. it. This is the voices of our very own. Yeah,
3: that's the way we have yeah. our family now, mate your brand on, no. the very own actually at the end of your name you have VV now that's it Voice <laughs> of Value. that's what we do you can no
0: AO o- but VV <laughs>
2: anyone can get an AO anyone can get an OAM very few get the VV oh. you know, it's an illustrious group I've made it in there's, life now there's been, there's been a fair few it's been Rick Rushton with my good friend Peter Kakos and the wonderful and talented Bianca and Kate that have h- helped us get through another episode and again we look forward to reconnecting with you next week as we bring you another voice of value
1: to our program thanks girls We trust you enjoyed listening to Voices of Value, a shared conversation between Rick Rushton, Peter Kakos, and their valued guests. Their views are not necessarily those of the wider world, but they should be. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source, and we love to hear both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Additional information can be sourced through our website, voicesofvaluepodcast.com. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice and the value-added way.